That wasn't a very Old Navy thing of you to say, Tina. Oh, Lucy, I'm sorry. I'm being such a major B right now, but I, 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 I can't take it in here. I haven't seen a cute boy in hours. I get it, girl. I'm all horned up just from changing these mannequins. Mm. Mannequins. Mannequins. Ugh. Stop, I'm getting even hornier. Okay, 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 wait. Let's focus. Let's do our exercises and calm down. The Blessed Virgin Mary. Mother Teresa. Teresa Caputo. Dead grandpas. Ghosts. Oh, great. Now I'm horny again. What, for ghosts? Yeah. What's under those sheets? I gotta know. Okay, let's just focus on Old Navy. Well, you can get a pair of flip-flops for like three freaking dollars. Oh my god, and the jeans. You can buy jeans till the cows come home. And you can snag some jeans for the cows at these prices. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know what I love? I love a short guy. I love like a little guy I can throw around. Like I love a guy I can play cornhole with. I didn't know you liked cornhole. Or let me clarify. I will be throwing the man through the hole. He's the corn, and I'm tossing him through a hole cut in the piece of wood. That's how small I like him. Hmm, tiny. Teeny tiny. You know, I like a big guy. Like a real big guy. Because your kitty is so big? Because of my big kitty, yeah. I need a big tall man with a big tall schlong because my kitty's the size of Texas. My kitty is average, I think. Well, we can compare later when we try on these bathing suits. Only $12.99 for tops and bottoms? Jesus Christ, that's a good deal. Uh, you're right. And you never know when you're going to get invited to a pool party. Or when you'll run out of undies. Uh, I am always out of undies. Good thinking. See, this is why we work well together. Did you hear Gemma got fired? <gasps> no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No way. Lucy, I'm trying to tell you a fucking story. I'm sorry, Hen. Go ahead. Oh, I can't be mad at you for a second. You want a spritz? I could use a little spritz. You get enough? You good? You got the spritz? I'm good, thank you, hun. So what the shit happened with Gemma? Was it cause she's a slut? Cause you know that's how she got the job. Oh, please, I know. I saw her come in for her interview in that tight Old Navy form-fitting sweater. It's like, go up a size for the interview. You don't want to look like a hoe. Exactly. Although I did wear a tube top to my interview. I was wearing a translucent romper for mine. But, you know, that's different. It is different. So what happened was she got fed up with Daryl because they were dating. And then they weren't. Tall Daryl or regular Daryl? Tall Daryl. <laughs> oh, yeah. So she says, I'm sick of the way you fold the jeans, Daryl. He's bad with the denim, I will say. You need a corkscrew, hun? Ah, no thank you, Dwell. It's a twisty. Oh, I wish they were all twisty. Yeah, it's like, what? Am I French or something? No. So Gemma, she takes a shit in his shoes. In his size 13 Nikes. Why were his shoes off? You know, he always says he works better with his shoes off. I work better with mine on. Me too. I won't even let my husband see my feet. Not since our wedding night. It's like, what do you need my feet for? They're just worse hands. I wear my socks in the shower. 
and Old Navy has socks for three freaking dollars. You're telling me I can get a pack of three ankle length gym socks for three freaking dollars? I'm never gonna be barefoot again. Hmm. I miss when we worked here. Hmm. Well, you did set fire to the boss's car. Rest in peace, Todd. You hear his wife is already dating again? <gasps> no! Tuesday morning, Upper East Side. I saw this woman tangling out of her window. She's on a third story. It's not surprising to see someone kill themselves. This is Manhattan, after all. But more than anything, I was taken by her beauty. Margaret's a stylist. She's worked at Vogue since 2004. She meets lots of interesting people through work, but none, she says, were as interesting as a woman known as Rickety Jane, the New York fashion world's it girl. Here's Thomas McCann, or as he's known in fashion, Armadillo Tom. I'm a Harvard man. I mean, I've met impressive people. But Rickety Jane, she can walk my dick round the block and take me to the Cape. She was my everything. Welcome to WBEZ Chicago. It's This American Life. I'm Eric Glass. Coming up this hour, stories of discovery. Stick around. Welcome back to This American Life, Stories of Discovery, Act 1, Rickety Jane. I should tell you now, Rickety Jane is not your average woman. She is made of straw. This is the story of an incapacitated doll launched into the elite Manhattan fashion world. We chat first with her stylist and the woman who discovered her, Margaret. Jane was as cold as ice, but that's what drew everyone to her. You couldn't get a read on her. It's like you could say anything and there would be no reaction. I've never met someone so blasé. Men wanted her and women hated her. She had everything they wanted. But when you first met her, Jane was trying to kill herself, right? Oh, we got Jane out of that window. She wasn't trying to kill herself, thank God. Ew. A strong breeze had just thrown her straw, tiny doll girl body across the room. So yeah, I pulled her out the window, gave Jane a mew-mew dress, and we marched to the Carlisle that night. I first met Jane at the Carlisle, where she was a regular. She was a classy, modern woman. She didn't care what I had to say about politics or culture. Literally, she never acknowledged a word I said. I thought it was very sexy. She didn't speak because she was made of straw, correct? Mm, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess it was because she was made of straw, but that didn't matter to me. I still saw her as a person. Tom and Jane were the perfect couple. You could put them in a magazine. I proposed that very night. A woman's sexuality can be very powerful, you know. Has you doing crazy things. Did she accept it? Could she? <laughs> She met my family in Hoboken, New Jersey the next night. Felt like my life just fell into place. I had her on the cover of Vogue the next week. You could never cast an unknown like this, but it worked with Jane. 
And as quickly as she rose to fame, Brigitte Jane disappeared. It was heartbreaking. I was heartbroken. I couldn't believe Jane would just leave all that she had built in a flash. Poor Tom, God. I'll never find another woman like Jane. All women talk. Jane never talked. Women expect things from me. Jane never did. She never even ate, which I found alluring. She was like a sex doll, but uh, much, much more. I'll never know what happened to that crazy diamond in the roof. Back at the studio, we were stumped. How could someone, someone so famous just disappear? So we sent out our top reporter, Audrey Cornish, to scope around Jane's old haunts to get some clues. Well, Ira, I found Jane in a dumpster. <laughs> Wait, what? She was crumpled up with the recycling. A janitor of Vogue probably got confused. I mean, honestly, I shouldn't even be saying she were talking about a bundle of straw. Wow. And that's the story of Rickety Jane. Stay with us at This American Life for more stories of discovery. I want to thank you both for coming in so late. What the two of you do for the family will not be forgotten. Anytime we're in this for life. For life. Glad to hear it, glad to hear it. Listen, this ain't exactly easy to talk about. Hell, I love the guy like a brother. But we need to do something about Rocco. You're right, boss. Love the guy, but he'll rat sooner or later. I can deal with it right now. You've already got some heat on you, so I want you to lay off this one. Falba, are you up for taking care of Rocco? Oh, you know it, boss. Much appreciated. That'll be all. One quick question, though, boss. When I, uh, take care of Rocco, you think I should wear lipstick? What? Excuse me? You know, when I go over there to take care of Rocco. I'll obviously put on a nice record, give him a little bit of a show, but when it comes time to kiss, should I be wearing lipstick or not? Falbot, do you think I want you to fuck Rocco? Oh my goodness, no. I, I know you wouldn't ask me to do that. Good, because I was getting a little worried. I assume you just want me to do the usual quick little makeout. I just need to know a couple of basic things. Lipstick, no lipstick, tongue, no tongue. Do I look directly into his eyes the whole time? That's not how you kiss people. Well, only if that's what the boss wants. Jesus Christ, Falba. When I've asked you to take care of people, have you always just been kissing them? One word, one syllable, yes. Yeah, man, I've been kissing them all. It's why I got mono for this fucking job. Not that anyone ever thanked me for it, so please, just tell me right now. Lipstick, no lipstick, tongue, no tongue. Look, I don't know where our wires got crossed, but I don't want you kissing anybody. Um, excuse me, but I'm pretty sure you don't have a right to tell me not to kiss people. Didn't mean it like that. I mean, when I tell you to take care of someone, I'm asking you to kill them. Oh, kill. I thought you meant kiss. I guess I got those words mixed up. If I can be honest, I think I got the word mixed up too. I haven't been kissing anyone, but I have been kicking a lot of people. 
You wear lipstick for that? No. Cool. So, uh, we're good here. Fuck are you talking about? Of course we're not good. There's gotta be at least a dozen people out there that I ask you to take care of who you've apparently just been macking on. So what, you, you want me to go kill those guys? Yes. Mm, I, I don't think I'm comfortable doing that, but I could give some kisses if that work instead. Oh, jeez Louise. Dude, you just ripped ass. Ooh, that's stinky as hell. Nasty. Yuck. Damn, dude, your ass stinks. Welcome back to This American Life. I'm Eric Glass. Each episode, we choose a theme, bring you different stories on that theme. Today's show, Stories of Discovery, Act 2. Wait, wait, keep going. At the beginning of a relationship, it can be difficult to say no to a partner. You want them so badly to like you as much as you think you like them. Sometimes, though, what seems like an obvious deal breaker can turn into your new flavor of the week. In 2006, Lisa had been dating John for six blissful weeks before she decided to pop the question. Just not the question you would expect. Just a warning, this story acknowledges the existence of sex. Here's John. I'd always been traditionally dominant in our relationship up until then, so I was absolutely shocked when Lisa suggested pegging. Just what is pegging, in case some of our listeners are clueless to the adventurous types of intercourse? Uh, Well, pegging is generally defined as the sexual act where a woman penetrates a man anally. Okay. Just a warning for our parents at home. We just said the word anal. If you'd like a non-anal version of the podcast, you can go to thisamericanlife.org. The first time we tried it, I was very anxious. I didn't know what to expect. Would it hurt? Would I love it? I was always kind of a prude when it came to sex, playing it safe. Yeah, me as well. Oh, you do? Yes, safe. You know, it's you know, it's it's a hug and you know, kisses. Well, sh- sure, you could. Yeah, you you probably start there. And then, where do you go? keep going? You rub yeah. some stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, we. You, I, I rub me on the, oh, on the woman. You rub you, on the woman. Like where in, are your in, hands? Well, my hands. I don't really see how hands come into it. Right. I just don't. I'm a hundred percent sure. Not only do you not know what sex is or have ever had it, I don't think you've well, ever that, okay. touched another person. Well, you should tell that to my wife and our 10 children who all graduated from Brown. We did it. No hands. I just, you know, I rubbed. Sure. You, I just, if you want me to believe right, you've I, had any sort of sex, you need to be specific as to what you do. I rubbed me on her. What? You rub your meat no, on I, her? I rubbed me on her. Okay. Whatever. Lisa entered me. I loved it. Wow, that's not where I thought this was going. That's so special. What do you have sexually? This American Life, stay with us. Come on. Show up. Show up already. Show up. Just knock on my door. Do it. Knock. Lucas! (laughs) This is a surprise. 
You invited me here and left me seven voicemails saying it was urgent that I come over right away. Ah, uh, I just love how it feels like we can communicate so easily. And after only three dates, I mean, what? What is that? What is, what is this heat between us, right? Right. Oh, let me take your coat for you. Oh my god, give me that. So what was so important that I rush over here? You sounded really weird on the phone. I heard something. A song. A song, Lucas. Ugh, what a beautiful song it was. You had me leave my shift at the hospital early because you heard a song? Would you like a glass of wine? Maybe a Chardonnay? Or maybe a Sauvignon Blanc? Or ooh, maybe a Dr. Pepper with Merlot in it? Mmm. It is 11.30 in the morning. Okay. Down to brass tacks, I guess. <laughs> Sit down, sailor. This song is gonna blow the shit right out of your ass, doctor. <laughs> you know that I am a nurse. Right, a male nurse. Just say nurse. Okay, nursey boy, get ready. Climbing up on Salisbury Hill I could see the city light Wind was blowing time oh. This is a good song. Right? Yeah, I love Peter Gabriel. Excuse me? Excuse me? What? What did you... Hmm? Salisbury Hill by Peter Gabriel. This is a good song. I'm agreeing that it's good. I like this song. How, um... <laughs> how the hell do you know this song? It, it's a very popular song from the I 80s, know how so. I know this song, Lucas. But how in God's name do you know this song, Lucas? Did you hack into my iCloud? My iCloud, Lucas? My cloud, Lucas? You're mad because I already know the song you wanted to show me? Oh, excuse me for wanting to introduce you to a really good song. You know, God, for a male nurse, you're actually a huge bitch. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I'm so Fucking stupid. Oh god, don't start doing that. <laughs> I heard this song in a commercial for Nespresso. Do you know Nespresso? The espresso machines? Yes. Oh, <laughs> how dumb am I? You know about Nespresso too. I'm gonna go home. I think you should lie down for a while, get some rest. I can't lie down, Lucas. Because I drink too much Nespresso brand espresso. Jesus. Jesus? Oh, as in a Nazareth? Like H. Christ? Oh, and I suppose you and everyone else on earth knows about him too. Oh, did everyone else go to church camp? Did everyone read the Bible in book club? <laughs> Here I was, thinking I was this cool indie girl with indie interests. God is not indie, Jillian. <laughs> so much for being unique and having unique hobbies and passions. I'm just some basic bitch drinking Merlot and Dr. Pepper out of a mason jar and reading Genesis. <laughs> That's funny, actually, uh, because Peter Gabriel was in Genesis. Oh. Oh. Lucas, you must hate me. Lucas, am I stupid? I'm stupid, right, Lucas? Lucas? Please stop saying my name so much. We cannot 
We can't see each other again. Come on. Wait, 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 wait. Just, just tell me one thing. Oh my fucking God, what? Where did you learn the song Salisbury Hill by Peter Gabriel? I don't know. It came out in the 70s. Okay, 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 okay. One more thing. Do you want to buy an espresso brand espresso machine from me? Jill, no. Okay, okay, okay. One more, one more, one more. Am I a good kisser? <laughs> oh, Jill. Not even a little. Alexa, play the Tarzan soundtrack. Welcome back to This American Life. We're on Act 3 of our show, Discovery. Act 3, Trolls in Brooklyn. Here's a reporter, Mickey Meek, on the story. Williamsburg, Brooklyn. In this neighborhood, you'll find all kinds of people, among other things. Two artists, musicians, lovers, Chrysanthemum and Concept are hard at work on an upcoming album. Here they are now. Bones are in me. You are in the whisper of the wandering in the therapy screen. That's a, a troll. He's our secret weapon on our new demo. We found him outside of Roberta's Pizza. We brought him inside. He's ours now. We feed him milk. Uh, how do you like your new life with Chrysanthemum and Concept? <laughs> we discovered him. Yeah, we discovered him! There you have it. Our program was produced today by our production manager, Stoey Nelson, and our technical director, Matt Tierney. Other people who put together today's show include Audrey Cornish, Mickey Meek, Kurt Spangle, Burl Hatch, Cole Beck, Sarah Klarn, and Barch Clamp. Our executive editor is David Ketzenbaum. Support for This American Life comes from Clumpy Brewing Company, committing to keep the pub and public radio. This American Life is delivered to public radio stations by PRX, the Public Radio Exchange. Thanks, as always, to our program's co-founder, Mr. Tori Mr. Malathia. Yesterday, I asked if he knew any good restaurants, and he told me, yeah. I'm Eric Glass, back next week with more stories of This American Life. Listen up to this here, Monarch. I'm the bitch, he is bitch, Monarch. On the story, we shine and back. You can call me King Bitch, yeah. 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 You can call me King Bitch, yeah.